Welcome to the Metalheads Podcast with the Heavy Metal Strength Coach and Shrub666. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Metalheads Podcast. I am the Heavy Metal Strength Coach and I'm joined by my brother in metal, Shrubs666. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Doing very good this week. Yeah, so we're... How are you? Yeah, really well. Uh, We've got a little bit of a different episode today in that we're spending most of our time discussing one album that I believe is um, still to come out. Is that right, Shrubs? No, it actually came out on Friday. It was all fully released on Friday... Um, but we've had it for just over just over a week before it was released, so um, we were given album. we were given exclusive access. We were to um, a, a re, you know <laughs> to this album. And for those that um, that are listening in, you won't be able to see Shrubs' background um, on our Zoom call as he leans out the way. The band is Chapters, and the album is The Imperial Skies, and this is a remastered album. I believe it's been remastered a couple of times. Um, so no, no, it's only only been remastered. This it's only once it's been remastered. So um, okay, I mean, I I thought it was remastered on Spotify for um, in two thousand and thirteen, but I, I could be wrong on that. No, that was the original release date. That was okay. the original album was released in two thousand and thirteen. Okay, then I believe Spotify. Let me see. Ah, yes, it's, it's called Imperial Skies Remastered um, on Spotify. So, uh, yeah. yeah, Spotify being misleading there. Anyway, so, Shrubs, what did you think to the album? Well, um, I kind of remember um, it originally being released and um, we, was really enjoyed it back then. Um, and again, it, it's one of those albums where... I listened to it quite a bit and then moved on to the next thing quite quickly. But um, I, I think I probably met Joe Nally, who's the bass player and vocalist from Chapters, probably not not too far off then, I think, for the first time. So, um, and, and we've been sort of like friends ever since, really. So, um, but yeah, the original album's really, really good. Um, it's not a bad album, but this remaster, though, I mean, the guy who remastered it, Sam Burden, he's just made everything sound bigger, mm-hmm. just bigger, and just a little bit more clarity with some stuff. The drums on this really pop out a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, they were quite sharp on the, the original one, so, you know, when he hit a snare, it kind of, you hear the snap, and then it just dies, whereas now he just, he allows it to, to to go on a little bit longer just you know so you still get the snap but it, it just fills out a little bit more sound than than it originally did um the solos as well on this by angus just you know they they, they just sound just sound a little bit clearer a little bit better um did they do any kind of... re-records for it or were they working with no as, as far as as far as i'm aware having had a couple of conversations with joe about it there, there were no re-records at all throughout this it was just using the original master tapes and they just tweaked the levels and and basically just made it made it sing a little bit better i yeah. think it, you know um 
they, they did make a, a minor change um, with two of the songs, March of the Puritan and Arising. On the original album, they are two separate songs. But on the remaster, they've made them into a single song, which is um, what they were always intended to be. Ah. So, um, okay. That's why you got. That's why I think in on Spotify it will say um, "March of the Puritan" and "Rising." Yeah, I wonder because it is all one song now. Um, yeah. on Spotify. So, um, yeah, the original it was actually down as it was down as two songs. Okay. So, um, but yeah, the the whole album from start to finish is is great. Just the opening track with that that flamenco bit, mm-hmm. sort of like two thirds of the way through, and then and then the riff afterwards, um, kind of follows the flow of that flamenco guitar, yeah. as well. It, it's just is just that is so that the good. riff that's at the end of uh, I Will Reign Forever that first song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind yeah. of. It's like not quite the very end of it, but it's sort of like two thirds of the way through the riff that kicks in two thirds of the way through. Yeah, but and it's just so unusual the at the just... end of that song because there's this this suddenly this huge riff that comes in, uh, like right at the end of the song that you haven't heard throughout the entire thing. It's like whoa. And I think it just sets up the rest of the album really well. Um, for, yeah, those yeah. That, for those that haven't heard of Chapters, and I think that's um, quite a lot of people, I think they're really under-listened um, to band. I think they need to get a lot more listened to. Um, what kind of genre would you describe them as? What kind, of, what kind of music is it? And I know from listening to the album lots of times that this is quite a difficult question to answer. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they, they kind of fit into that... <clears throat> that metalcore type sound. Um, if, if you're a fan of sort of like Silosis or Malefis or Viatrophy, who are bands around the sort of like late 2000s, early 2010s, um, they were still trying, I mean, Silosis is still going. However, Malefis are on almost a permanent hiatus. Viatrophy are no longer going. Um, they're very much in line with that style of music. However, they've got some proggy bits in it. They're not shy to just, like I said, like we just discussed with the flamenco bit, they're not shy about throwing something like that at you. And, you know, there's little curveballs, but they make it interesting and, and different and make it stand out a little bit more. I am surprised that this album didn't get picked up yeah, in oh, 2013. Massively. For me, it was my frustration often with metalcore is there'll be like this really like deep sound there'll be um a chugging riff and and the vocals will be really good and then it gets to about a minute to a minute 30 seconds in and then some like really whiny voice comes in and like i know a lot of people will kind of appreciate the um the the contradictions in there and the contrast in there but yeah. I always feel like um, it just takes the song in another direction just for the sake of it. And with this album, it was like Metalcore had grown up. It was like the Metalcore album that I wanted to hear, the, the mature musicianship that doesn't just have uh, vocals in there for the sake of it. And it goes on this twisting and turning journey throughout every single song. Like, it was just so unusual. So um, for me, it was like the Metalcore album that I've been waiting to listen to for a long time. Well, I, I think Silosis are great as well. And I definitely agree with you in that it's a very similar album, but with, um, if you want more variety in there, like the flamenco bits, the Spanish guitar and, and, and elements like that. 
<clears throat> yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think um, the way they the way they use this, and they got some guest vocalists in on this on a, on a couple of songs. They got yes. um, Sean Anderson, <clears throat> who I believe is I, I can't remember the um, name of the other band that she was in. She was only in one other band. It was kind of sort of like. Um, post-punk type band from a while ago and hasn't done anything else since really? as far as I'm aware and, and having chatted briefly to Joe about it she hasn't done anything other than that either but she's got she's um this Sean Anderson she's got an amazing voice mm -hmm. and and they really utilize it well it, on this album over those couple of tracks because it's um the two tracks are ecliptic circle and my favorite song the imperial skies itself and um the ecliptic circle is just got it, it's got her vocals throughout through that song mm -hmm. and it's only it's only a short song and it's kind of it, it, it it's an intro song basically into the imperial skies and then they utilize her vocals as a contrast to joe's vocals on the imperial skies and and it works so well because it is such a massive contrast and it's not a whiny sound either yes she's got this very smooth sound that just that just properly complements the whole song and uh, yeah and i think they use that really well it's not on every song for the sake of it it's not like right this is the bit where we need to put um this other style of vocals in there because their ego needs to be satisfied it's used as an introduction a whole introduction to another song and um i thought that that i thought that worked really really well i really enjoyed that with the other vocals because the rest of the album didn't feature it i think if She'd have been on every song, for example, the effect would have been lost, but it's so powerful when she first comes in that I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it is, it's definitely one of those things where it just takes you off somewhere else, but but fits still within the feel and, and the flow of the rest of the album, but it does take you off and go, that's really, really nice. And it just gives you that sort of like calming feel and then back into the aggression when Joe comes back in as well. Oh, when, when Imperial Skies kicks in and then throughout Imperial Skies you get those moments of her lilting voice just coming through and and, and yeah it's just just fantastic but talking about Silosis again um, Josh Middleton does guest vocals on chapters as well the actual song chapters oh I didn't know that <laughs> yeah so yeah so you'll hear on on that on the on the last last track chapters you'll you'll hear um two two different style vocalists well they're very similar obviously because it's still that sort of like um scream that's going on however you've got the slightly deeper one and that's actually josh middleton from silosis yeah silosis big back then when it was first recorded yeah 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 they were they were doing headline tours around the uk um yeah, yeah. when chapters went out supporting them along with manifest it'll be interesting uh, to ask john ellie about how um Josh Middleton ended up on there when um, we get him on the <laughs> Yeah, he also ends up on his new band's EP as well. <laughs> oh, well, we'll save that story for uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a little podcast that we have coming up soon. Um, okay, so in essence then, Shrubs, would you recommend people check out the Imperial Skies remake? Oh, without um, a shadow of a doubt the, the this remastered version i mean the good thing about this album is it still stands up today it, it's seven years old this album so it was, you know so obviously it was recorded like eight years ago seven eight years ago songs probably written probably maybe a couple of years before that as well realistically yeah, yeah. um but and the, i think the reason they've remastered is because lots of people have been wanting to get 
hold of it again and it's not and it hasn't been available on spotify so um this is part of the reason why joe wanted to um joe and angus and i, th I think the others wanted to re-release it out i don't think there's any plans for chapters to get back together again and start oh, playing again uh, and as far as I'm aware, there's no plans for any physical release of this album either. So it's okay. just purely digital. So you can get it from their Bandcamp. You can listen to it on Spotify. It's on it's on iTunes. It's on Amazon. So it, it's it's in all the places that people um, want to listen to it. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, it, I I fully fully recommend this album if if you quite like heavy proggy metalcore type stuff without a shadow of a doubt in fact most people should find something to enjoy out of this album because um although you know I, i'm mostly into my more extreme stuff this this still fits into that and i still get still get big moments from this album there's some big riffs throughout this this whole album that's yeah that should satisfy most people certainly my favorite um metalcore album metalcore type album of the year so far i, I massively enjoyed it now shrubs what else have you been listening to this week? Well, in complete contrast to, to that and most of the other stuff, I've been listening to um, a singer-songwriter called A.A. Williams uh -huh. and her new album, Forever Blue. Uh -huh. um, I think that came out not Friday, just gone, the week before. Um, I'm still waiting for my vinyl version to turn up, but this song, this, this song, this, this album is just just so good it's so it's so mellow it, it's basically if it's for fans of people like who like chelsea wolf uh anna von Hauswolf, uh, lana del rey a little bit emma ruth rendell so she's a female singer songwriter i've seen her seen her live a few times supporting people like cult of luna nordic giants so um she you know so she's supported some really good stuff but she's just like um this really really morose melancholic sound um, the album was recorded in her flat during lockdown with her husband who plays bass. Um, the drums were recorded by um, someone else at a different studios. Um, I think I've got it written down here. Yeah, so Jeff Holroyd. I don't know. I don't know Jeff Holroyd, but um, he he recorded the drums. But yeah, it's just this proper melancholic. It's it's a real contrast to what I normally listen to. Yeah. However, the, there's a standout track on that album called uh, Fearless which is really, really good and does come in quite heavy at times. Um, and it does help that it's got um, Johannes Persson from Cult of Luna doing guest vocals on it. Oh, wow. Um, so, I, saw, I accidentally found A.A. Williams. I bought my partner uh, Sisters of Mercy tickets. Well, not for any particular occasion, just because she loves Sisters of Mercy. And A.A. Williams happened to be the supporting act. And, I mean, we didn't know what to expect whatsoever it was a very minimalist setup on the stage it was just an air um logo and then this yep. this lady comes out and this um melancholy like slow drum beat starts going and then um she just started to sing and we were just blown away and yeah, yeah. if you ever get the chance to to check her out live i would heavily heavily recommend it like even if she's a support act it's it's wonderful, and she really gets um, sets the scene for um, any gig. I think she's a, a really, really solid artist. Yeah, yeah, she, uh, yeah. Her songwriting is really, really good. There's also she's done some um, YouTube videos, or you can find them through um, her Facebook page. 
Um, she's done like a collection of cover songs that she's done called Songs from Isolation. And in particular, there's one she does um, a cover of Creep, Radiohead's Creep. And oh, wow. the way the way she does it is just it's just spectacular. It's just her, yeah. her and a piano, and and she she slows it down even more than what Radiohead did, but <laughs> she just makes it just so hauntingly lovely. It's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's really really it's a great album if you want a complete like change of pace and you want some something a bit more chilled, a bit more melancholic then you know you can't go far wrong with this A.A. Williams and her voice is just stunning anyway. Yeah it's incredible. So, um, yeah. Okay so Shrubs that brings us to the time where we recommend a classic album that is essential listening for any metalhead um, or any, indeed any person. So Shrubs, yeah. what would you recommend? Um, I'm going to go for this week Suicidal Tendencies Light Camera Revolution. Mm-hmm. Now this album came out in July 1990 um it, it's it was um it's their it's their fourth album um from suicide tendencies and and i did struggle whether to choose the album before you know how can i laugh today when i can't well, how can i laugh tomorrow when i can't even smile today um because that album's an absolute cracking album but this one i think this one just had some a, a few more few more songs that held it together a little bit better um, they come out of that skater thrash scene, um, they, but with this album they added a bit more funk and a bit more metal rather than that thinner thrash, yeah. skate thrash sound that, that, that's, that was popular at the time, like from bands like DRI and stuff like that. Um, but this album, it just starts off with this like haunting feed of guitar coming through and then it just kicks in with You Can't Bring Me Down, which is a, which absolutely banging song. Um, and then you've got like pop songs like Lovely in there almost. Um, and then songs like Lost Again, which is just riff after riff after riff. You know, Rocky George was just astonishing as, as, as the guitarist on this. And then you had obviously Rob Trujillo, who's now the bass player Metallica in it. Yeah. So, um, but, and Mike Muir's vocals are just on point throughout the whole, whole thing. I mean, there's even a great, um, song on there called Send Me Your Money which is all about televangelists begging for money to keep making them rich and obviously you pay your pay your way to, to heaven when it's utter bullshit but um, yeah it, it, it's just that whole album I mean if people like Body Count and stuff like that this is where it started yeah. this is where Body Count's style kind of started yeah. um from bands like this is what what got body count to where they are now um they kind of gone off gone off the ball a little bit um but uh you know after after this album it, it it didn't for me it didn't stay where this album was it kind of changed a little bit and um and and then I kind of, kind of lost interest in them but this album itself i think um yeah it, it it's that it's just so good. It was a game changer. Yeah, yeah. Just, just for me, it was just song after song after song it was just so good and so, so much fun to listen to it as well at the same time. So it was just completely interesting. Yeah. Um, and I saw them on the tour for this album in 1990, 
uh, October 1990 at Wembley Arena. Oh wow! On the Clash of the, Clash of the Titans tour, which was a co-headline show of Slayer and Megadeth, um, who were doing um, Seasons in the Abyss and Rust in Peace albums, and also Testament released Souls of Black. So, what a great year 1990 was for albums to be released because all of those are absolutely cracking albums. To be okay. Fair. Ridiculous. And, um, no, that's, uh, that's, I think, technically four classic albums that we've got uh, people to listen to there. So um, on that yeah. note, I think that's a great place to end. So Shrubs, thank you very much for joining me, my friend. Thank you very much. Cheers.